waiting on fries. That you don't get it? You don't, what do you mean you don't get waiting on fries? Hopefully the customer never hears waiting on fries, but all this time on the entree and it's perfectly executed and then you're it's like, ready to go. I forgot to fire the fries. I just always use that when I forgot to put somebody's order in and I was like, hey, I'm just waiting on the fries. It's gonna be two more minutes. We figured it's getting busy. It's about to get busy. Summer is approaching. We've had two solid weeks of good business levels, you know? Of, of getting our asses kicked. I don't think it's a fluke anymore. I think this is just the reality. Or it's just second, what is it called? False Fake. False spring. I don't know why I can't ever just lock that in. False Fake. spring. Yeah. False spring, whatever it is. And the, the stimulus checks are out, so people are spending more money than they would have been anyway. Yeah. So, like, this is giving people a reason to be out. And, it, you know, it's a testament just talking to all our buddies in the various different places that we work where they all said they've also had their asses handed to yeah. them over the it's, last It's funny. Weeks. Everybody's feeling the same thing. Totally. You, know? you so, don't feel left out. So the thing is, we're going to kind of keep it short and sweet to some extent. We know there's a lot going on inside the restaurants, and you guys got a lot of things to prep for and get exactly. things going. You got to get ready for the summer. If so we're not- just going to help them. Get ready for the summer. Exactly. And what are we going to hit them with? We're going to hit them with a top 10 list of ideas to help get people in the door. The top 10 list of ideas to help get people in the door. Door, 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 door. door. Stereo. Uh, So with that said, you know, there's so many different ways that owners can be bringing up their cash sheets. There's so many ways they could be getting more people in the door, bringing up their check averages. You know, whichever way you want to look at it and whatever you want to call it doesn't matter to me. All you want is more money going into the bank. That way you could pay back some of these debts that you have from COVID still anyway. And let's look at number 10. It's the very first thing on this list. And it's a press release. Real simple. Real straightforward. These numbers aren't, by the way, like locked in as numbers fully. But they're like in a roundabout area of like importance. Just to give us some order. Yeah. You need order in our life. So press releases. Jay, what's a a press release? So the press release is, it's essentially just a sheet of paper. And digitally, it's a digital PDF or a document. And all that document is really saying is, hey, we are this company. We reside here. This is our information and contacts. This is what we have going on. So in big, bold letters at the top, BOGO, you know, buy one, get one is happening or live music on the patio or this is what we're featuring this summer and this is what we have going for you. Right. So once you have all that information listed, you hand it out to your local news station or your local magazine or a local blogger or whatever. Totally. They just take it and run with it and then you're exposed to their audience. So exactly. And what you're doing is almost kind of like you're setting up the article for them to write by giving them enough information or the ad for them to run and that's exactly what we learn early on in school is the who what where when why how if you mark all of these areas down on what you're putting together on paper then you're going to send this off to the emails of like you said the local newspapers or the local magazines or the local bloggers and they might actually take that in because content is king and they need content to operate and get ad sales. They're going to put you up. Right. Like this is not hard to get. When people are out here and they go, oh, how the hell did they get the feature in this magazine? Because they have somebody working for them that's smart enough to be doing this. And maybe it's a dedicated marketing area or spot or job that these restaurants have. But they are constantly reaching out to everybody to make sure that their name is always in somebody's mouth. Um, and then later on their food, right? There you go. That's so like, goal. it's easy enough to do. There's enough examples of press releases online. All you have to do is twiddle your fingers together a little bit, send out the email blast, get it where it needs to go, and then maybe follow up. Don't be afraid to wait a week if you don't hear anything back. 
and send another one out. Yeah. Maybe this time customize it a little bit more. You know, there's a lot of different ways to do this. And it's important and it's easy enough to do where it's not going to take you a hell of a lot of time to possibly get yourself in a magazine or a newspaper article. No, because especially at the end of the day, you got to think that all of these people that you're potentially reaching out to are looking for content to, pro to post. So if you provide them the relevant content, they're just going to shoot it out there. Yeah, and that actually takes us into like number nine too, to some extent, which is having live music. Yeah. And one of your PR campaigns could be live music on the porch. Simple. Live music on Friday nights. Straightforward. Whatever it is. And again, people want to post this information. They're yeah. not necessarily charging you for it. They need articles so they can make money. Exactly. Just do the goddamn legwork and you will get more people in the building. I promise it. Whoa. Take it easy. Take it easy. I'm very passionate about this right now. Jay uh, is very passionate about So let's talk about the live music. It's number nine on the list here. And with that, like... Do you think that people should have a heavy metal rock band at 6 p.m.? I mean, heavy metal may not be the proper look for your establishment, I guess. Depending. Depending on, depending on who your clientele depending. is. But, I mean, for, for the average run-of-the-mill restaurant or bar, death metal at 6 p.m. is probably going to drive people away. Now, what are you thinking about in your head right here? Uh, are you thinking maybe it costs me too much? Oh, I don't have the budget to be able to afford having some musicians come in here and do music? You're wrong. It's maybe 200 to 300 bucks, depending, for a couple hours to have somebody come in. You're getting more people in the door, potentially. They're going to be drinking. They're going to be having a little bit of food. They You're might gonna hang out. You're going to be providing a good experience for the people that come in the door. Yeah, and people are going to hang out longer, which means that they're going to see a crowded room longer, and they're going to tell all their friends how crowded it was on band night, and everyone was having a great time. And then if you think about the long game, those people are going to remember that this is where I went out and had a good time. They're going to tell their friends and they're going to show up again. Yeah. You know what the biggest fear that somebody should have is that they're them telling their friends that it was completely empty and there was nobody in there at yeah. 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock. And then that's what's going to be in your memory, not the good times that you had with the music playing. And then your concern, too, might be, all right, yes, it's 250 bucks, average-ish. That's a lot of money. Well, these guys like to have drinks. Yeah. You give them a little $50 spend at the bar. That way they could have some beers while they're playing. You, if they, you, you can't go into it and be upset about $250. You got to hope you're going to make multiples of that back over the course of the night with all the people in there drinking and enjoying Sure. And, and furthermore, you're going to get money back from the band or the guy that's playing anyway because they're going to go to the bar and they're going to get drinks. They're going to run a tab. That's what these guys do a lot yeah. of times. They're not even there to make money. They have regular jobs. They're there to have drinks on the house, kind of, and, and you just pay time. them two fifty to be out amongst getting their songs listened to by people that are out eating. Yeah. Like, this this stuff isn't too hard, and you do have to make conscious decisions. I know with COVID, obviously, we killed a lot of uh, expenses. Yeah, but let's, like, knock on wood. Things are coming back. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, summer's here. We're looking to get people into Mental the restaurants. Here. We're looking to get them into the bars. A lot of places have patios outside. A lot of places also do not have patios outside. So we have to work twice as hard in the establishments that don't really have outside areas and seating to get people into the door because you're competing with all the rooftop places or all of the places that have big patios, you know, or big grassland areas that serve booze. Like these things exist and you have to be twice as nimble in figuring out how to get the people in the door. So right now matters the most. So let's say if you're venue can't host live music maybe you can host some other type of event yeah and funny enough like you're right and that takes us to eight on the list there you go um and that's just 
having live events, period. And it doesn't mean music necessarily. No, I mean, usually events do include music, but it's not necessarily limited to music. Yeah, so like, what are some of the, the events that exist out there? Well, I mean, a few of the big ones, Burger Blast was good, Best of Westchester is always fun. But and I mean, coming up even closer is Brisket King. So those are huge events. They're big. They cost a lot of money to put on. Yeah. They happen once a year because they are a big event, and you need to generate the hype. You can't do it every week. You're not yeah. going to have a million people show up if that's the case. But our venues are smaller than that, too. So if that's one of the yearly events that occur, let's go down what's like a monthly event that occurs. A good monthly event would be the uh, Bourbon Dinner Series at Smokehouse. Oh, sure. Perfect example, yeah. where essentially people are paying XX amount for a ticket. I believe it's like 60 to 100, depending on what's being poured and what's being served. But you pay for a ticket, then you get access to this three-course dinner of three courses paired with a specific bourbon. And that sounds cool. And that's something it's that really you come cool. out it's to. So fun. it's not regular food on the menu. No, no, yeah. It's three special courses. So it's special. Right? it's You just said it right there. Special it's special. Courses, yeah. And they're things that people don't typically get in this space. Yep. And this does a number of things for your business, right? This gives you a little bit more culture mm-hmm. and helps you build on that, which is always great. People see culture instantly. They see it. It and gives they, people something to look forward to. It's oh, always yeah. nice to be able to mark a calendar off and say like, hey, I got this coming up in X amount of days or X amount of weeks. Yeah. So, you know, you could bang out something like that once a month, but then also you could break down another night to do another event that's more like a weekly thing. There you go, and that's your like trivia or Taco Tuesday type thing. It's your trivia, your Taco Tuesday stuff. Like, this exists. Ladies night, that's always a fun one. Yeah, and it gets people in the door, and the more creative you are with things, I think is the... The happier your guests are going to be. Totally, and you also have to try to do things that aren't exactly the same as your neighbors. You need to create a different day. You need to create something nobody else is really doing if you really want to be an all-star in doing events. I mean, if you're going to make Taco Tuesday on the same block as five other guys, your tacos better be amazing. Oh, correct, and they better be a whole different type of taco, too, and you don't want to get into a price war with your your, your neighbors. neighbors no definitely um, not you just want to you want to stand out and set yourself apart but for for the right reasons it's also not uncommon in the bars too where bars are paying for djs to go to their neighbor bars and say hey guys we're going to start doing blah blah on wednesday i know you don't really do anything on wednesday um why don't you take tuesdays we'll take wednesdays that way we're not both paying for djs right you know tuesday and wednesday night and you're just bringing more people out to the same general area. Yeah, so everyone benefits. They're going to go one place on Tuesday, the next place on Wednesday. Correct. You really have to build with the people that are around you. So many guys in the restaurant field, they look at their neighbors as competition. You know, like I think it's a sign of growth when that change happens, when you go from thinking of your neighbors as competition to thinking of them as partners. Yeah. It's your mind it's your mind frame change. Uh, like Bob's Burgers where he's always looking across at Jimmy Pesto's pizza and he's like, "Guy, <laughs> he's always so busy in there." Yeah. Like it's not a competition. No. It you guys could easily be working together with your neighbors. Not everyone's receptacle uh recept res, what's the word? Recept receptacle? Receptable? Receptable. Yeah, no, whatever. I don't I'm, know. I don't know where you're going for. They're not always ready and open to have the conversation. Receptible. Uh, they're not always ready to have that conversation with you. Maybe they're a little bit more closed off and their mind's not there yet. Yeah. But like, all right, cool. You gave it a chance. Who cares? You can be the bigger man. Keep though. moving. Yeah, exactly. And you could be doing the trivia night. You know, you get people in the door on a slower night, typically a Tuesday, a Monday, a Wednesday. That way, you're increasing your cash sheets, you're bringing more money in the building, and you're also giving people something to do on a night where they weren't typically coming out to your your place, you know? Like, this matters a lot. Take us out of eight. 
once you have your uh, events planned, then you got to talk to someone who's going to pr- help you promote those events. Damn right you do, and that brings you right into number seven. You know, partnering up with the bloggers. Yeah. They're all out there. There's a lot, and they're showing up daily. Repeatedly. It's weird, though, because they used to not be a thing, right? Now it's a thing. It is a thing, and you kind of got to have to respect it, or at least give it the respect that it deserves. Sure, and with that said, you know, if you don't know what the bloggers do, especially with their food blogger, throughout here they're promoting areas, they're promoting events, they're promoting different foods, different businesses, restaurants. Sometimes it's paid for, sometimes it's very organic, sometimes uh, they're doing a little partnership pop-up. You know, it depends on who the blogger is, and it depends on how creative you can get into doing events or doing promotions, and you wanna gauge traffic. If you're reaching out to somebody that has a blogging platform, you wanna make sure that they're authentic. You wanna make sure that they really have the following that they claim they have. Otherwise, they're not gonna do anything good for your business. Yeah, and there's so much smoke and mirrors now too, where it might say they have 200,000 people following them, but a quick search on Google, if you type in Instagram engagement, you can run that person's account and you can actually see if they have the following they claim or if nobody's really responding to all their stuff. Cyber stalking is real. That, well, you need to cover your bases, well, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You're not paying somebody a hundred bucks for a post if, if it's they not only have get 20 followers, anything. yeah. Sure, or if they have a hundred thousand but not anybody is liking anything. So let's just say we weren't as tech savvy as you are and you didn't know about that Google uh, for analytics. How could you just go into someone's Instagram profile and figure out whether or not their engagement was real or is this kind of faked? Like, yeah. Is there a way? The, I mean, the first thing that you want to see when you click onto a profile is you're checking the followers. How right. many do they have, right? That's so you've first... got like 16,000 followers. I'm going to be partnered with you because you're a blogger, though. You well, have 16,000 followers. Yeah, but let's mark off the, cross the T's and dot the I's and make sure that the 16,000 followers are authentic. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's a engagement. lot of followers, so they're definitely real. No, who knows? So well, the next thing we got to do is we have to look at the posts and we have to see how many likes these posts are getting, right? Okay. Uh, we want to see that there's, you know, 10% rate maybe of So they're getting like liking. 150 to 200 likes per photo. They have 16,000 followers. They're real. Take my money. Well, like, uh, let's go further though, right? Oh, even and further. also, I want I want more than the 300 likes on that. I want to see like a thousand. For to a give thousand? you perspective, okay. Our our cocktail garnish is up to like 4,700, and we're at like 800 likes on average a post, probably. So that's solid engagement. So it's very high engagement. That so you're we saying have. that every time you post something, almost a quarter of the people who follow you it's a huge amount engage with it, not yeah. just see it, but actually and a engage thousand with it. of those 4,000 are fake. Yeah. So that really is even a bigger number if you really think about it. So you want to check then the video. Look at their video section because the videos show how many views are there. And you're not really faking the views too much. Most so people are not. That's the real test. Yeah, the views. If your views are up there and you're seeing thousands of views on these accounts that have 16,000 people looking at them, then you say, Then all right, take my money. Take my money. All right, like, cool. Take my money. I can maybe make some money back. Because so. all that means is that this person truly has an audience that is listening and engaging and paying attention to yeah, what they say. They're worth the money at that point. So then once they start saying good words about you and your business, then, you know, you got 16,000 people listening to those sure. words. Sure. And, you know, this is a necessary evil. We live in a tech world now where all the youth is using these things. They're looking at Instagram. It's deciding them where it's helping them decide where to go. As somebody new to the town of Stanford, to some extent, the Hey Stanford account from PJ we talked to next episode, actually, uh, I've expressed to him that he's helped me find places to go. And also... 
He has verified places that I have decided are great places mm. because he's partnered in posting with them as well. So like these things do work. I like I am telling you right now, I have used it <laughs> to go somewhere that I've seen before. And I said, oh, I've been meaning to check this place out. It's been posted a few times. And sure enough, it was a goddamn good place, you know? Yeah, I've definitely I've definitely done the exact same thing. All right. So that's partnering with the bloggers. What do we got for number six here? Number six, we have newsletters. And exactly. The first thing you do when you wake up in the morning. You scroll through your email, see what's going on. Exactly. And you're looking at the deals for the day. You're looking at your bills. You're looking at all the important things. Uh, a big time that email blasts go out is 8, 9, 10 a.m. Makes sense. Uh, early bird catches the worm. Correct. And you're seeing the emails get opened early because people are waking up to check their stuff and see what's happening. And with their commute, they're opening them to read them and see if they're worthwhile. So news blasts or newsletters, whatever you want to call them. This is, to me, maybe one of the most important pieces of business. I'm surprised we have it up here at number six because it really should almost be number one because the people that are signed up to your newsletters are the people that actually give a shit about your business the most. The people that are signing up for the newsletters may be signed up because you lured them in with maybe a free appetizer or maybe you lured them in with giving them a recipe book, an ebook, or something to sign up. This increases the rates of people signing up as well. Because once you have this list of thousands of people, it's yours. It's you, yours. You can do whatever with it you want. It's not going to go away. And you're not paying extra money for like Facebook posts, boosts, or Instagram boosts. There's no middleman to kind of filter your messages through. Yeah. So the earlier that you start building an email contact database is the sooner you're going to start winning. Because when you send out those thousand emails and they're all people that care about your business, they're going to click through. They're going to see what you're trying to pitch and sell. They are going to be engaged with you the most. And they'll be receptive to it. So it's like, why the hell are you searching for new customers when you haven't cradled the ones you already have that care about your business? Um, you know, we just launched this flash sale with the blood oranges. My email list is extremely small for the Cocktail Garnish Co. We have 140 people on that email list. I haven't been building it up as quick as I should be, and now I'm learning that I'm dumb and I should have been doing it a lot earlier. But, but that's, why, that's why we have these lists, Jay. Sure. So, for instance, my email blast of 145 people on it got sent out, had pretty damn good engagement, 30% open rates, 20% click-through rates, which is even bigger. And sure enough, we sold 420 bucks worth of stuff there you go. off of that one single email that went out for 100 people. And how much money did it cost you to do all that? It cost me 20 bucks for the month. For the month, I've only sent out pretty much one email. There you go. I could send out another campaign at the end of the month. That way I'm not overstimulating anybody. Right. You don't want to show up too often. Otherwise, people lose interest and they just stop paying attention. Yeah. And we might have similar results where maybe we sell 300 this time. So, you know, assume that off of two email blasts, maybe we do get to the 700 sale mark just from that off of $20 invested. Why would you not be doing this exactly. if you have a restaurant? Like, yeah. it's so dumb not to be collecting emails in every chance that you can get. Uh, look into it. Do the research. Google exists. YouTube exists. If you're ever not clear about anything, Google it. Because there's guys out there doing it, and there's guys showing you how to do it. Yeah. Do some damn research. It's going to take a little bit of time, but your return on investment is going to be extremely high, I think, through newsletters. And they're applicable for everything that we're doing here and talking about. We have a, or Diner sends out a newsletter monthly. It just tells the people 
who are subscribed, what new beers we have, when they're coming out, you know, stuff to look forward to. And have to. you seen it work? Of course, yeah. I have people come in the store and say, specifically, I'm here because I saw the newsletter. Let me try the new stuff. So we should be banging this out a lot more. And once it's automated, it can run to the point where you put people into a flow. That way, everyone's going through their own journey at their own time, specifically. They sign up to it. They get a welcome email. Here's about our business. We'd love to have you. Here's a free recipe. Next email could go out four days later. This is how we make our wings. Have you tried our wings yet? Now another one could go out in seven days. And then you could trigger one for 60 days to say, hey, come back in. We haven't seen you in a while. You just, just enough to keep them hooked. Yeah. Not enough to you're, be annoying. You're nurturing. You're nurturing. Yeah. What's up next? Nurturing an addiction, maybe. Um, next up here we have, you know, I, honestly, number five's on the list here. And that's running the social media contests. There you go. We need to be doing these things if you have any inclination about boosting your engagement rates on Instagram. Well, so let's just say that we were one of these people who doesn't really do too much social media work. Maybe we're older. We run this uh, old school Italian joint. It might not be applicable for your restaurant specifically, but I don't think it hurts to start having some type of presence. So then how do we start? What do we do? So maybe you're in the old school Italian joint. Maybe you're an older owner. You don't know how to use technology that much. Who's in the building that does know how? Right. Can you increase their hourly rate $2 an hour or something? Get them to engaged, have them give them also a new job. Right. But so so we've, we've got the person. What are they doing? Yeah. So if you want to run an Instagram contest, they're very similar and typical because we want to hit the marks that matter. The marks that matter are a lot of times you need to share the post, the contest post. You want to share it. You're giving something away for free also, something that is worthwhile enough for them to come out for. Maybe it's an appetizer. Maybe it's a gift card for 50 bucks. You know, it doesn't even have to be 300, doesn't have to be a thousand bucks. People will do it because it's free. Exactly. Don't oversell uh, or don't overgive what you don't need to be giving. With that said, they're sharing the post. You're asking them then to bookmark the post also. Which and then, seems to be more important than liking posts nowadays. Huge. And then you're asking them to maybe tag a couple friends below. This that, all of a sudden starts this pyramid of people seeing it and it boosts the engagement levels up. I think as we circle back to talking about building your um, email list, having them tag people in the uh, post for the contest is a great move because now you're increasing your list or your audience by following their friends. Yeah. Well, Instagram's algorithms are saying, hey, why is John tagging Bobby in this post? All right, let's see if Bobby clicks through to it. Bobby clicks through the post and he opens it up. Instagram's blocking that information in. Yep. So now Bobby's going to be one of your faithful. Well, yeah, and they're saying, oh, this account must matter because this person also liked it. And then if that other person comments back on that, that's even bigger. Like yep. all these things are factored in. These algorithms are very, very complex. They're not a simple, easy, you know, you went to school so you could just put it together. These are super data nerds that are putting these things together to make it work. So I believe it. Here's the other factor, right? You're doing this extra work. You're getting the contest going, but... You're doing it to get engagement happening. Right. If you now forget to post four days in a row. Then you've just killed your momentum. Yeah. And you're knocking yourself back down a few pegs and it all went for nothing. So you need to have consistency. It's not that hard to wake up in the morning and say the first thing I'm going to do is post something to Instagram. No. Like we do it every morning on the on the account. And I noted that my growth on Cocktail Garnish is going way further than the other competitors that are out there. Because I'm doing the right fucking things to get people going. And we're being consistent. Yeah. Correct. And it costs you nothing again. 
to do the contest. We talked to McLovin with the Nutcrackers about it a while back, and he was saying he was doing contests all Seems the time. Seems like he, he does at least one a week. Oh, it's so much. It's the smartest thing for him to do. It keeps yeah. his engagement rates extremely high. Yep. Huge. So that's number five. Run the contests. Uh, number six, we talked about the newsletters. Number seven, we talked about partnering with the bloggers. Number eight, we hit you with the, uh, what was that? Doing the actual events, right? Live events were number nine, and 10 was the press release. So then that brings us into four right now, right? What are we talking about here? Nooms, you, I thought you had. Nooms, nah, you got this. You were supposed to hit me in the face with it. Uh, it's utilizing the reward programs. Right? Utilizing reward programs. Like we, we're utilizing having people come back in by launching reward programs that gain people points, typically. So we're, we're giving people a little card to punch every time they come in? I mean, you could. That is a reward program, yeah, right? Absolutely. In, in the most primitive way possible, yeah. You get nine subs, your tenth is free. There you go. How many I, was I, it? I, I definitely had one of those cards that was for um, this pizza place in New Rochelle. Go in five times, you get a free slice of pizza. Yeah. Hale and Hardy in New York City. Every there time, you too. Yep. You got those cards. They're in your wallet. And they would consolidate them. They'd yeah. consolidate them for you if you forgot your card one day and oh, you nice. had it. You were like, hey, can you take this one and then give me this? Yes. They're cool. They work. They incentivize people coming back because you want to get your free stuff. And again, you're just like building excitement for that trip when you get your free shit. Yeah. And you're spending money anyway. Yep. It's like using a credit card. Like you're getting money back on your credit card if you're using it. That's why people use them. Exactly. Um, furthermore, now, what did you say the one that Justin uses is called? For Mobile Smokehouse? Bites. Mobile Bites. Yeah. And that's like part I of believe his it's POS. It's like a $1 to point transaction. So whenever the customer spends a dollar, they get a point. You reach a certain number of points and you get, I think it's a free order wings for every $25 spent. Well, awesome. Look at that. Beautiful. How many, what's your bill average when you usually go out to a bar or restaurant? Like 60, 80 bucks? 70, 80 like bucks. Fucking, yeah. yeah. You're getting money back. You're getting free apps. Why would you not use it? Exactly. Um, I actually use it for Starbucks because you're I'm getting coffee. coffee. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting coffee in the morning, sometimes on the go. And my card is loaded, so I've got money on it. And when it dwindles down to nothing, instead of reloading my card, because I hate seeing money go out of my account, I use the free points until I'm out of free points again. So maybe I get two free coffees, three free coffees, and then I have to reload when I'm out. Yeah. And then I let it build back up again. There's nothing wrong with that. You know you've got your free coffees coming up at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the yeah. list. And I will say that Starbucks actually incentivizes the people in their rewards program to participate in the gamifying of their reward program. How so? Where every once in a while they say, if you get three coffees between these dates, then we're going to award you an extra bonus 30 points or something like that. Mm. So now they just locked you in and trained you to go in for three days yep. in a row or four days in a row, whatever it is. That's sneaky. And you get the extra points. Yeah. So sometimes I'm not planning on going the third day, and then I realize that I was like part of the game, and I say to myself, Oh, shit, I'm going to get, like, two free coffees, though, if I just go buy one. They're definitely gaming you, though, because, like, they're getting you to spend more money just so they can give you some well, that's, coffee. And that's money. the goal. I'm okay yeah. with it. They did yeah, very no. well with their job. The thing is, you, you will be okay with it if you're a happy customer, if you're happy with the services and the products that they're providing you. You don't mind spending the money there in the first place. Yeah, and when you're giving away one of these items, you need to be giving away something that is relevant enough to your business that's maybe a staple of your business, enough to get them going about it you know they want to they want to actually come in they want to really utilize the points give them something that they want right so justin for example with smokehouse gives them the wings 
the wings are stable. Exactly. They're People beautiful. are coming there for the wings. Correct. So now you get a free something of whatever you were coming there for anyway. Exactly. You're, like you love this place now. Yeah. Yo, the calf, the I was gonna say the Alfredo. The chicken Alfredo is wonderful in your place. Maybe you give them a chicken Alfredo meal if that's what they're coming in for. Exactly. Or maybe your grandma's slice of pizza is the best pizza that you've got. Maybe they get a pie after they hit, you know, whatever the equivalent of three or four pie purchases are, and it stops them from going to a competitor or somewhere else, or they're more likely to come to you. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways to play it. You want to look at the spreadsheets. You want to look at your costs on things. You want to figure out what you're giving away. You know, you're not necessarily losing. You're just creating a bigger value customer and training them to keep coming in. Right. And that's the rewards points. That's number four. Hit us with three. Next, we got uh, special items on the menu. Like what kind of special items? Like giving your kitchen the chance to flex their culinary muscles a little bit, maybe making it into a game between all your line cooks. So, sure. Okay, cool. So, like, you're cooking something and you're proud of it. And you're like, hey, guys, look what I did. Taste this. You call the servers in the management to come check it out. Yeah. This is our cost on this item. Like, you got to price the cost out, right? For sure, for sure. And then you got the guy next to you on his salad station or his pasta station, whatever it is. And he's also coming up with something where he's like, hey, this is the item that I want to test. This right. is my signature blah, blah, blah pasta. So then you get them both tasted and you decide which one you're going to run as a special. But either way, you've now got your employees excited, your staff is excited, and then your customers in turn will be excited by it. And that's that's internal like inclusion where people want to feel like they're part of the staff. It helps you build culture in your yeah. environment, in your space. And furthermore, when whoever voted for whichever side of the meal, when they win, they're going to go post that to their social media and yeah. go, check this out. This is the item of the night. This is a cool item. It's great. I tasted it. I loved it. Blah, blah, blah. And they're going to sell it all night long. Then you got happy people selling happy food. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like, why would you not do this? And exactly. that's not the only way to do special items, though, on the menus. No. You know, you could do specials, certain types of specials. Right. It might be a buy one, get one type of burger deal that exists a lot. Two for one burgers. And Seen that before. Totally. And with that said, you do have to be a little bit careful with your asterisks of rules. Yeah, that happen. you know, make sure there's rules and restrictions that apply. Yeah, because otherwise you're going to have somebody come in for the BOGO burger. They're yeah. going to wrap it up and then they're going to just take the second one home yep. and they just got a half price meal and they're going to drink water the whole time. Yeah. So the question is like, can you restrict some of these things and say these are the minimums that you must hit. Yeah, I'm sure there's 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 ways around that. You just got to be creative with it. Sure. And know what's going to keep your customers happy, but while also not breaking the bank. Oh, you want a BOGO burger? Well, it must be purchased to activate that with an appetizer. There you go. Or you must get, you know, two drinks or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And people will get around it a little bit, and that's just a, a piece of the, the party, right? Like, right. that's the cost of doing business. Um, but those exist. That's a good way to go. Get a special running. It gets your staff excited. It gets social media going. You could even run a contest for the servers. Whoever sells the most of that item gets yep. 50 bucks or whatever. I actually think I heard the um, servers at USC talking about that the other night. If I work at the grill station, we have a grilled bronzino dish on my station. Normally, I sell one or two a night. Yeah. And then I sell like five or six of them. Come to find out they were having a contest so you could sell the most of them. Yeah. If you sold four or more, you won something. Nobody sold four or more. The highest yeah. somebody got was three. But... It works. I feel like Bronzino is never like the go-to item. Like people aren't really ordering it that crazy. I think I've ordered it once in my life, exactly. you know, and I was probably sold on a contest from the server See, at that's the place what I was at. If you order some random weird shit off the menu, there's just a chance that someone mentally pushed you there. Yeah. And 
you know, taking into number two here, let's talk about lost leaders and what they are. They're, they're just here as a staple to sell at a discounted price or an actual loss. And this is designed to get people into the building and get them moving. Because you know that if you discount something so severely and people come in, they're going to start drinking. They're going to take shots. You're going to make all of your money back on your high margin items of drinks, right? Um, or you might get them to get a full meal. You know, you might say, uh, how have you seen Lost Leaders before? I think the most common one that I've seen was um, like a 25 cent wing. Yeah. A 50 cent wing. I think uh, so. The first time I ever actually experienced that, I was one of those uh, casualties of doing business. Because I was still in high school, so I couldn't drink. But me and my friend showed up at Beachmont for 25 cent wings, and the waitress brought us our wings and our sodas. And oh, I'm sure she, she was, was thrilled. So she was so sure pissed. she was thrilled. So, and that exists. And if you were a little bit older, though, you would yeah. have been drinking. Yes. And running up a tab. And I wouldn't have been a loss for the bar that night. Yeah. All of a sudden, 25 cent wings on a slowish night yeah. get you out there and get you drinking, where you're just boosting these sales on a Tuesday, Monday, where you don't really have that many as it is. Now, all of a sudden, you create the hottest night of the week on the strip or wherever you are and packing the house out because you've done such an absurd deal. Yep. But what you realize is, although you're giving away wings at a loss or for free, whatever it is, or you're making a small your money discount, back up on the drinks. you make it all back on the drinks. And occasionally, yes, you're going to pop in there and have somebody that's just drinking a water, which is obnoxious, but it's just a cost of doing business again. Again, yeah. Um, a, lot of, a lot of different ways that this happens. And it might not just be wings. It might be a buy one, get one burger where the second one's your lost leader, right? To get them in the door. But then you say, all right, you got to have two people with you. You have to also buy an appetizer. This, again, it seals the deal for people coming through the door. And that's what you want. And then to make it even a step further, you could tie it back to doing a newsletter blast about it. So you tell people about their lost leaders in the newsletter. So then they see it first thing in the morning. They're thinking about it all day. They can't here. wait to get there after work. Yeah, and they're there. And that's yeah. it, man. Like, dude, we just outlined everything that people need to do to succeed. Well, most of the things that people need to do this. Or some of the things that people Oh, we didn't do number one. We didn't do number one. What's number one? Number one is you got to have care. You got to have passion. Because at the end of the day, the reason we're all here is hospitality. Hospitality. Yeah, no, hospitality. That's, it's important. That is, that is the number one thing. Because yeah. how many times... Do you hear these nightmare stories about how uncomfortable somebody was out to eat because the management was just yelling at all the staff right in front of them or they they seemed to just not care. The servers were just leaning on a podium. They could care less. You could tell when, when people don't really care that you're there. You oh, you're, hurt, you're hurting your business by not actually caring about having a business. Like, how can you not care about your goddamn business? It's but at insane. the same time, you can also care too much. So there's a balance. You got to find the right balance. Sure. Uh, hospitality number one just to recap things with you real quick too number 10 we hit the press releases get them together get them out to where they need to go number nine we did live, live music. music go figure out talk to the wedding venues figure out where live musicians are usually they come into the spots if they haven't come into your spot yet and you brush them off you have to then go find them yeah. wedding venues probably a good reason way to go find them or That's just not a, a bad local idea. google yeah you know that's nine Eight was... Participate in hosting events. Yeah. Trivia, uh, monthly events. Yep. Ladies night, whatever it is. That stuff works. It gets people out there. Um, Number seven was... Presenting to the bloggers. Everything works hand in hand with each other. It's so crazy, isn't it? 
A little bit. And the bloggers are going to help get your message out maybe. Maybe they're just going to help in general get your place out there if people don't know it exists yet. But they're not going to do anything if you choose the wrong one. So you have to make sure that you're it's a partnering with the right person. Totally. And then that goes into six with the newsletter. Yeah. Build your email list out. It's going to start small and the next thing you know you're at thousands of people following your email list. And it's super important and so damn easy to send out a blast that will get to everybody on your list and you're going to get a percentage of people coming back in asking about that stuff. Especially if whatever you're presenting in the newsletter has merit to it. Give them value. Don't yeah. give them Don't a reason to time. cancel. Exactly. Don't hit them 12 times a week either though. That's obnoxious and they're yeah. going to get off your list. So figure out and plan well where you're going to put your newsletters out at. Number five. Run social media contests to love, boost engagement. Love it. And then once you boost engagement, you have to continue being consistent because to keep it going. Momentum. Correct. Four. No. You hate four. I could just tell you hate four. <laughs> it's the reward. It's the rewards. Yeah. It's the reward programs. Utilize reward programs. Get them going. Get them going early. Let people know they're there. Send that out in the newsletter. Introducing the new reward program. Sign up here. Click this button. Really easy to filter people through. And then you could track the, the metrics on the back end of the newsletter to say how many people actually clicked here and went to it and yep. signed up. Awesome. Three is what? Specials. Run specials on the menu. Get your team involved. Get your staff involved. Get your customers excited. Cool. Love it. Love it. Do it. It's going to get everyone going. It's going to show people that it's not the same boring menu that they've been looking at forever. Now you're doing something trendy. You're giving some creativity to the chefs. You're giving some control to your uh, serving staff and back of house staff to decide what actually makes it to the menu. Don't just throw shit on a plate, though. No. Cost it out. Have them cost it out to do this correctly, right? Exactly. What's two? Lost leaders. Lost leader. Yep. You're giving something away to get some traction, get people into the door. Like you said, 25 cent wings, a buy one, get one burger. Uh, it's endless. A free dessert with an entree. Free dessert's a common one. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You're doing something that you're essentially cutting down what it normally costs for either free or a way cheaper price to then get the sale going. And then number one, Just hospitality. Baby. Basically giving a shit. Yeah, care. None of this stuff isn't going to matter if you don't really give a shit. Care. But that's all we got for you. Go get your stuff together. Go make sure that you're tackling some of these things. They're really easy to do. Set yourself a day aside to just do this or assign some of these tasks to somebody. And Delegate. then review them. Yeah. Delegate. And then review them before they actually get launched just to make sure they look right. You know? Guys, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button because, you know, algorithms.